0: This week on the Open Nesters podcast with Vicki Larson.
1: I knew I didn't really want to get married again. I didn't see a reason to marry again, but I certainly want a romantic partner. I'm one of those kind of gals who enjoys that, but I don't want him around 24 <laughs> 7.
0: Welcome to the Open Esters Podcast. How will you write Act 3 of your life? Will you be open?
2: Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life?
0: Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow?
2: Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa.
0: And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester, living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality?
2: Together we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart.
0: I'm looking forward to hearing from Vicki Larson, who is researching living apart together. I really never thought that it's a thing, living apart together, but then I remember my parents, which I'll talk about later on. So I'm looking forward to it.
2: And Vicky came that by that honestly because she herself wanted more space, something we talk about often. What I want to preface this with is that as in all of our podcasts we don't ad- advocate for one particular way of living and choices but it does show us how we can make new choices in our lives so let's hear
0: Yeah let's hear it from uh, Vicky
2: Welcome, Vicky, to the Open Nesters podcast. We're so excited to be here with you and to talk to you about this whole stage of open nesting from so many great perspectives—your own and
0: others. I knew it's Vicky. I, you know, yeah. You know, okay. so, so you know, you we'll always get to
2: introduce. I always I mean, get to introduce. Okay. So why is it this <laughs> okay. We have. I, mean, I, I wanted next to time. introduce. Next know, time so you now, get to.
0: Now she, you know, she takes over.
2: Now, now, next time you get to.
0: Amazing, amazing. All right. <laughs> Sorry. You go. So why
2: don't you tell us a little bit about your personal and professional background so we can just start from that?
1: Sure. And thank you both so much for having me on your podcast uh, today. So um, I am a journalist. I have been a journalist pretty much all my life, so for 30 plus years. Currently, I am the lifestyles editor at a newspaper in the San Francisco Bay Area, where I also write lifestyle stories and I have a column every other week. That Can you be more I,
0: specific of uh, what lifestyle mean? I mean, it's a it's sure. a, it's a, it's, a di- it's a different thing for different people. <laughs> it it's,
1: it's certainly it especially is, especially in this context. <clears throat> That's right. No.
0: <laughs> so, so we wanna we wanna be specific about the lifestyle okay. you're talking about.
1: So, lifestyle uh, section used to be called the quote unquote women's pages because it has you know, the food section, and the home and garden section, and relationships, and
0: That's interesting to me. why women, you know?
1: Well, that is a whole other podcast. That's a whole other discussion about (laughs) women (laughs) and patriarchy. We won't won't
2: go there. Exactly. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Yes. But um, that is what I do professionally. You know, that's what pays the bills. And then in my... One time, I write. A, I used to have a blog, and I, I now write a medium about other things related to the book that I co-authored, which is on reshaping marriage, called The New I Do, Reshaping Marriage for Skeptics, Realists, and Rebels.
0: So, so did we settle the lifestyle situation? Um, I don't know. Do you, do you want to know more? <laughs> no, that when you say you're, you're a lifestyle editor, I mean, you know that you... So yes. It's, so it's I about cover- food, women...
2: No, well, it's a relationship,
0: but not like swinging lifestyle or. Not, Alternative
1: no. no. You know what? And I would not put that past my county. We are known for having hot tubs and peacock feathers back in the day. I'm sure that still happens. As a matter of fact, I know it still happens. But that in the family newspaper, that's not what I'm
0: talking about. Got it. Okay. <laughs> now we're settled. Now it's
1: settled.
2: Good. And your personal, you are an open nester because your kids kind of have, you launched them a number of years back to- Yeah, Yeah,
1: my sons are 30 and 27, and uh, they have been out of the house for a long time. And I have to say, having adult children is just wonderful. (laughs) It really is. Yeah, it is wonderful.
2: Do you remember back to that time at all to it being a struggle? And what stage were you in in your life? And were you living apart together then? Which is what we're going to talk about.
1: Well, no, um, that that came after my second divorce, actually. So um, I had a brief starter marriage. I got married um, in the mountains in my cowboy boots, in my beaded and feathered dress, um, a few months before my twenty-first birthday. That was a very short-lived marriage, and How then long? I'm oh, probably about three and a half years we didn't really divorce until years later because there was no reason to we had nothing we had no children we had nothing really to divide so we just didn't divorce for a while yeah it was a short-lived marriage very nice man Um, and then I married again um, when I was 32 And that's how I ended up in California. I was living in Florida. We met at a club med in Colorado skiing. I love that story. They should have given us a free vacation for that. And then I moved out here. Every time I came to visit, I applied for jobs and then I got one. And so, and then we married and we had our two children. And then we split 17 years ago. So my kids were nine and 11 at the time. I've only lived with two men and they were the men that I married, but I didn't, The funny thing is, it never even occurred to me that you could live apart from your partner or your spouse, even though my mother did that in her 40s. It wasn't really until after I was divorced and I met someone I fell madly in love and I kind of thought we would live together at some point not when our children were young and I would say well do you think we'll ever live together and he would be a little bit vague and a little bit vague and at first I was sad I thought oh okay and then the more I lived alone the more I thought like god this is so great yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really kind of the beginning of the evolution of that because i had never asked myself like what do you want and how do you want to live i just followed that romantic script of oh well you meet someone you fall in love you live together you get married you have children you get the house with the picket fence the minivan i didn't really want but i got yeah when i already had the children in the house and stupidly the minivan um, which is gone by the way good then i was like well, now what? How do you want to live? That's when I really started to ask myself.
2: So you started asking these questions before your kids became a, towards the stage of be leaving the nest and we're yeah. and we're both and we're because we're discussing so much around this idea of as kids get older and you, uh, making these choices of our act three how do we want to live i'd love for you to talk a little bit about how that felt and how you came to that decision that even once this man kind of put it out for you that he wasn't moving in how that all came about or the emotions around that how that feel? and then this living apart together. Well, there was
0: a mutual decision. It's not like he wanted to move in and she didn't let him, right?
1: Right. Yeah. It was, well, you know, both at at the time, he had a daughter and I had my two boys and they were all preteens, teens. teens, And I was not interested. Neither of us were interested in having a so-called blended family. We were not going to shove it all together. Um, I, my arrangement with my, with my kid's dad was that he had them for a week. I had them for a week. So when they were with me, I didn't really do anything other than be mom. And on the week that I, they were with their dad, that's when I got to play and have fun. And slowly he kind of, you know, we'd maybe go to the movies or he'd come over for dinner, but I didn't really like meld all of that. And then, you know, eventually he and I broke up. But the kids were pretty much out of the house by then. When we broke up was when I really sat down with myself to say, "You've now now the kids are out of the house, and it felt very freeing."
0: And and, and go I'll back see. to that moment of uh, okay. go back to that moment that they left the house. Was that traumatic circumstances for you, or was it an easy transition to be? With an well, empty house
1: because they were with their dad every other week, that was kind of like a transitional period, I would say, where I was used to having them not be around all the time. In the beginning when that happened, that felt very sad. But also, I have to admit, as much as I love, love, love my children, it felt freeing to have them be at their dad's for a week. It allowed me to self-care, which... I didn't really do as a mom and a wife, and I know I'm not the only mom and a wife to to say that. I never felt like I really should give myself permission for that. Well, that was really stupid. It was stupid because I became a much better mom when I actually had time to take care of myself and my needs. So um, when the kids left to go to college, well... Actually, one, both my kids started at community college. One was in Santa Barbara, but the other one was here, and he chose to live with me full time. So I, I didn't really get rid of my kids until they, for a while. <laughs> you know, you're no longer mommy them when they're 18, 19, 20. It's a, it's a different relationship. So was it a sadness? Not as much, yeah. because I had them you know, because we had time apart, but it is. But you were saying
2: once they were out of the house, I wanted to just have, have you, if you could capture that time again, that you realized that these are the choices you could make. And if we could make like a, a nice little idea of how that kind of, what, what, what was the most important aspect of that to you that you realized? Well, after
1: they were out of the house? I realized that I enjoyed my freedom. I realized that I enjoyed not having to be responsible for another person, just my dog. I felt that I didn't really want to have to tell people what I was doing and where I was going. I just liked,
2: and, and I mean, I'm 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 coming toward this living apart together concept, like. You yeah. merge those two kind of concepts that when you were starting to say, when I think Amir said something that once the kids went out of the house, you felt that you had to make new choices. So
1: it's not like I felt like I had to make a new choice. I felt for the first time in my life, I could make a different choice. And yes. So I enjoyed having the house to myself the way i wanted it which after raising two teenage boys you can imagine it wasn't always the way i wanted it <laughs> even though i love my boys very much and they're both very clean now but you know there was that period it felt very very freeing and so i thought would i ever want well i i, I knew i didn't really want to get married again i didn't see a reason to marry again but i certainly want a romantic partner i'm one of those kind of and gals who's enjoys that but i don't want him around 24 7 i want him to have his own place and that could be in a duplex where he's downstairs and i'm upstairs it could be in a big house where he's got his own entire spot although that would be the least of the preferences i just want to be able to have a space of my own, a room of my own, as Virginia Woolf would say, and have him have his, and we can come together when we want in the way that we want. And because a lot of times couples are together and they're not really in the same, you know, they're they're just side by side. They're not engaging. Right. And um, there's a lot almost of almost like um, room- like roommates. Yes, because really, I mean, it's, and now I, you know, who I really feel for people in quarantine because, you know, you can't even necessarily go out and get away at the office or whatever, or whatever you do. It's hard for people. So, yeah, I think people do need some space in a relationship. And that is something that I know as a woman myself and other women generally tend to not give each other uh, give ourselves. And so living by myself really allowed me to do that.
2: Perfect. Thank you. That's so helpful for women to just hear it straight. Like what we have, we don't believe that we can make these choices because of our programming. I mean, we, we kind of do come from this fairy tale feeling of marriage, even though we want to say we're more modern, but from our generation versus our kids' generation, I think millennials are much more open about redefining how their living situations could work, how their gender and sexuality could work. And here we are needing to make choices that come from our our space, our feeling yes. of possibility. And so you've expressed it by saying, "We, you know, why is it that we have even definitely considered that it has to be a certain way? So, you, you know, you've helped to kind of just... Absolutely. And living apart together aspect of it is so important. To and hear. I want
0: to add that when Tessa got back from uh, her trip and she quarantined, she actually moved to our extra bedroom. And uh-huh. it was kind of like, oh, wow. We both
2: enjoyed have,
0: have I have the bed for myself. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, let me text her, see if she's up, you know, <laughs> this kind of thing. We kind of like, <laughs> like it in a way. And uh, I think that we haven't talked about it, but I think. Well,
2: we've talked about trying once a week
1: or yeah, giving it a Yeah, once a week we're
0: going to give each other space, right, you know. Exactly. exactly. Uh, whatever, <laughs> even though I love waking up next to her. But, sure. Uh, but despite spite fact, that fact, the, you, you have touched about the fact that you really need your own space all the time, and you well, just want the relationship you know, when you want it. Hi, if you like this episode, Living Apart Together with Vicki Larson, please check out The Open Esters episode number four, Negotiating Mental, Physical, and Emotional Space.
2: That's where Amir and I discuss the choices we're making in Act 3, and where we offer one another the freedom to be all we can be, and grow into the best version of ourselves as well as our partnership.
1: Right. And you know, Amir, um, you can still wake up next to her every morning and have your separate spaces. Just because you live apart from someone doesn't mean that you don't even sleep together every night. You could. Um, I have a friend. Well, she's a Facebook friend. I was planning to meet her last year in Montreal. She's making a movie about uh, living apart uh, together people because she's had a relationship like that for 21 years, but she calls it a partnering. Um, and there's a wow. Facebook group. That's
2: actually how I found you. Is through her website oh, and seeing so her Sharon.
1: movie.
2: Oh. Sharon. Sharon sent me your information oh. to talk to you.
1: Oh, wow. Yes. So we <laughs> have not met, but we have, we've chit-chatted a lot and uh, shared, um, you know, information. Whenever I find a study, I, I send it to her. Yes. So, I mean, they spend a lot of time together, but they do have their separate spaces. So the thing about being a lat is that there isn't one way to do it. There's many, many ways to do it. You know, when I was working on the research for my book and working on the research for that chapter on Live Apart Together Relationships, that's when I really, like, learned so much about it. I just was doing it because it felt right and good. But then, like, the research backed up what I was feeling. And I thought, wow, okay, that's really something. And then... You know, um, even this morning, I was looking over some of the research that I'd done. There aren't a lot of studies that are done about live apart together people in the United States. It's pretty scant, but there's quite a bit of information from Britain and Scandinavia and other countries. Overwhelmingly, it's women who are the drivers of this. And I,
0: why do you think it is um, more popular in Europe rather than the U.S.?
1: I'm not saying it's more popular, it might be popular here. It's just that no one has really done studies here. But I mean, we do know, yeah, yeah, we do know that there are quite a number of people who live apart, but that doesn't necessarily mean that was a choice. They could be that they're living apart because um, one job is one place and one job is another place. Or it could be that, you know, there are spouses in the military and uh, stationed overseas or whatever. So I think in the future, we'll be seeing more uh, studies about uh, live apart together relationships in the United States to parse out what's a choice, what's not a choice, and what are the reasonings and so on and so forth in one of the studies that I uh, read said that uh, the gender revolution is uh, it's women who are, uh, it's a gendered revolution. um, And it's women who have been the pioneers of restructuring the family life, which is, which is, which is true, which is what I find. I find um, a lot of uh, older women are, who are either divorced or widowed, are not really interested in living with a romantic partner.
2: And that's the research shows it. And how are they, how does the research actually take you on their journey about what they are feeling from it? I mean, and what they, some of the things that you personally expressed I'm expecting are the same.
1: Yes. And I, I don't have, you know, I don't know their personal stories, but there are themes and the themes are generally that the women wanted to not do as much caregiving as they did in a live-together relationship, especially if they've been married or, or widowed. And it's not to say that you don't care for each other just because you don't live in the same spot. That That's that's a misconception, and it's wrong. People who love each other and have been in committed relationships and don't live together care for each other. They share money situations. They all like do loans that are quote unquote, forgotten or whatever. I mean, they do care for each other. They just don't have to get into that very gendered, kind of care giving situation that happens with heterosexual couples not then, so much with same-sex couples
2: I, I, that's interesting too but because by two women or two men they work it out differently just by nature but yes. the idea that I think women feel from what I've spoken to a few other women that they wanted their place to be a different style and they even yes. wanted to take care of it a different way and and their and they wanted their husband not to feel like they had to infringe on his style. So it's exactly. interesting that people are discussing this and making more implicit choices that come from a conversation of communication. And that's what it yeah. fascinates me. And I'm so happy to hear more of how you seeing it playing out like that.
1: In a way, you know, you're respecting each other's space and each other's style, which not to say that you couldn't do that under one roof. You could. As long as it was a discussion and everyone felt like they had their personality, their style, their comfort level happening, you know, typically one person is a little bit more dominant than the other, you know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's not the biggest thing in the world to worry about, but it can sometimes lead to unnecessary conflict. So, you know? so
0: so, take me back to that moment that you have realized, the kids are out of the house. You love your space. You're enjoying your freedom. You don't have to report to anybody. You don't have to be responsible for everybody. You're romantically in love, and now you meet somebody. You, you know, you that person is now want to move in or not move in. Tell me how that arrangement came about.
1: <laughs> um, no, how, how did you open a in. discussion? So- <laughs> for
0: that?
1: After that long-term relationship ended, uh, had A few shortish relationships. The last one was a few years ago. And I very, I told him right from the beginning, like, we're not going to live together. I don't want to live. And he had been married three times before. So it seemed like he was like, yeah, down with that, down with that. After about three years, I realized he wasn't really a lovely person, but not the right person for me and so we split and wouldn't you know it a year later he got married and they moved in together (laughs) so clearly we were not made for each other (laughs) and we're friends and he's a lovely person so I announce that to people now I, I make it very clear that so when I'm on dating sites or meeting a man or talking with them you know, I do ask them, so, like, do you think you'd want to get married again? And are you, would you want to live together? You know, I do you want to live with someone? And, you know, I listen to what they say. And if I hear someone like, yes, I love, I really miss living with someone, I'm like, okay. We're probably not going to really work. Right. <laughs> but, but, you know, yeah. a
0: lot of people that do live together, especially as they get older, uh, yeah. in the later part of Act 3, they yes. kind of like know that if the vet and one gets sick or injured there's somebody to take care of them that mm-hmm. that thought ever crossed your mind that you might be in your late 70s and you're by yourself and all of a sudden you do need the care you've slipped and god forbid broke your hip or whatever that is and now you need somebody to really take care of you does that scare you to be alone at that stage
1: i wouldn't say it's me, Amir. I, I'm very, very conscious of it. I have hurt myself in recent years. I broke my metatarsal, which is your leg bone, and I broke my clavicle a few years ago. And I also will say that on my block, there's a number of older couples the the EMTs have been Coming up and down the block, and it's the men, and the women have been caring for the men. Just because you have a partner doesn't mean one, they're not going to die before you. As a matter of fact, as women, um, we generally outlast our spouses. This is why I totally believe women should marry younger men, but that's another conversation. Yes, yeah, so we typically end up alone, and it's not to say that men don't do caregiving, but the statistics are the history is it's women who end up alone. It's women who do the caregiving. So I do have these conversations with my, my, fr- my girlfriends, the single ones, and even some of the married ones, because, you know, again, husbands go first, generally, not always. And we, we you know, laugh about having a Golden Girls situation I've wanted to have like a little tiny house village where we all have our own spaces. And then we hire people to take care of each other. Yes. None of that's really happening, but we have these conversations. And I will say that when one or the other of us have hurt ourselves or gotten cancer, we take, we've been taking care of each other. And even, you know, now in the quarantine, some People, some of the gals have felt more lonely. We were all very social. We lived alone, right. but we were social. We were out, we were seeing each other, party, you know, having people over for dinner parties, going out to hear music, dancing. All of that has stopped. stopped. And but so y- some people are feeling lonely and we are we're making conscious to check in on each other. Yeah, awesome, but, but, us too. Yeah, but, yeah.
0: Uh, but is there any stage uh, that you feel that you might break that law of living together apart, and bring the person in. Like, let's say you know something happened to you tomorrow, would you yeah. allow that person to come and care for you if he wants to?
1: I don't have that person. No, but <laughs> right so, so
0: but, suppose you would. Uh, well, would. would you break? I, I, would you break your you know your policy? Your your your. It's not whatever? a hard
1: and fast policy. It's okay. it's a it's a strong preference, possibly. I, I would never really say that. I would never ever consider living with someone, and also, you know, I could even see, as my neighbor did across the street, bringing in a caregiver, who uh, for sure. uh, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be romantic partner. Correct. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so. And and then there's my children, you know. Not that I would want to burden them. Although my older son said, "Mom, you know, you could come and live with us." And I'm like, "Well, you, really. <laughs> you should check it with your girlfriend." Before you say that. It's just you know, it just maybe just check in see how she goes and I wouldn't really want to burden my children but yes I am at an age where uh and having gone through my parents uh, who are both uh deceased seeing them in their last you know years of their life I yes I do I can't act as if nothing is going to happen and everything is going to be okay I know what it is to get older alone and some people are really good until the end and others decline rapidly and sometimes the choices are made for them. So yeah, I do think about that. It doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a romantic partner that I live with.
2: Right. I was going to say, I think that the idea of us making these choices in Act 3 offers a huge possibility. Even for women, for example, who want to you know, travel and stay with their sister friends once they're yes. not obligated to be in one particular place. We're, we're talking to people who have all kinds of options. And the idea is to just open that little area of our mind to say, why am I limiting my choices so that I can stay right. younger and more vibrant through choosing the life I want and I'm excited about? So yeah. you know this is the, this is all really good stuff for us. I think we're going to have to wind down. But is there anything else? Any other last thoughts or ways to reach you, Vicky? That you'd like to offer people? Talk about your next book for a moment. Well, before oh, you do yes. that, before you yes. do that,
0: I'd like to see if there is any advice you can give to some um, couples or some people, of divorcee that may con- contemplate a new relationship. Uh, how to start evaluating living apart. How, how does one get to the point where they say, you know what, we want to do that? How the conversation should start? Do you have any advice to couples that want to do that and take advantage of the open space in the open nesting stage? Great question.
1: Um, yeah, that's a great question. I, I'm loath to give advice because I'm not an expert in these things. We do have a chapter in the book that talks about how you can start to have a conversation and uh, even if you have children, how to do that. So I wouldn't say it's advice, but if you are able to express, well, first you would need to really check in with yourself on why it is that you're thinking you might want that. That is really, it has to start with you personally. Why do I need this? And is there a way for me to get what I need in this situation. And if you can't, you, you, you know, you're going to have to go to your partner in a very loving, kind, compassionate, open-minded way. And, you know, my mom did that with my dad I really wasn't in the house, so I have no idea what that conversation was. But she did up and leave, and he came down to visit uh, once a week. She moved to Florida from New York, and uh, they did that for about 10 years. And then he moved down there when he retired. I wish I had known what the conversation was. I don't. I just asked her, like, what the heck was that about? Yeah, so she get a good
0: point by saying that by actually – Uh, saying that you really have to ask yourself why you want to be alone. That's a good point.
1: Yes. As with anything, really, and no matter what it is in your relationship, whether you live together or not, if you are wanting to change something, you have to check in with yourself first of what is what's working, what's not working. And if you're not clear about it, you're not going to be able to express it to your partner in the way that um, they can really hear it. You need to really know what it is so that you can have that conversation that starts many conversations. Yeah.
2: Okay, good. So let's go also talk about how we can reach you and, and about your okay. new book,
1: Okay. Okay, sure. I do have a blog, which is OMG Chronicles, but I've stopped really writing on it and I've transitioned over to Medium, where you can find me as OMG Chronicles. And I'm pretty active on Twitter, OMG Chronicles. I do have a Facebook page, which is OMG Chronicles. <laughs> and and I yes, I am in the midst of writing a new book, untitled because I'm talking with my editor about the different titles but it is about changing the narrative for women as we age where there's a lot of stupid sexist ageist stereotypes about women that uh, after a certain age we're invisible and uh, unnecessary and that we are not sexual dried up and whatever and and these kind of stereotypes actually really hurt women because when we internalize them and we make choices or decisions or feel that way about ourselves, it's, it's damaging. And so, I am seeking to get women to realize that no, 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 no. Maybe may, but, those narratives are old and but, they don't they don't fit who we are anymore. But
0: the book is not out yet. But it's about to come out. No,
1: it's not about to come out. I'm writing it. I have a June first deadline. It's with Roman. June first. Yes. yes. So. Um,
0: but meanwhile, people can look for Om, o- O-M-G. OMG Chronicle. Then <laughs> it stands for Oh My God yes. Chronicle, not for <laughs> Oh Mom Grow Up, right? Probably too, okay. Uh, OMG, I'm on the yeah.
1: Stage where my children reprimand me, <laughs> yes. Um, yes, yeah. that, yes,
0: that's I'm, why I said, Oh my god, yeah, oh, or, my god. Or, or, oh mother, grow up! Oh mother, yeah. grow up I love it. Probably more like it. <laughs> thank yeah. you so
2: much, Vicki. This has been such a pleasure.
1: Uh, oh, uh and we will pleasure. follow you on
0: Twitter, and I think be- you're following up on Twitter, so yes. that's wonderful. Yes. And uh, stay around, we'll talk some okay. more. We'll speak
1: thank soon. you so much.
2: It's interesting that both Vicky's mom and I don't know if it was your mom or perhaps your dad who made that choice about living apart. Well,
0: they made it together to live apart. I did not know about it. I was not aware that they have had a discussion about it. And I wish, like Vicky, that I was privy to that kind of a discussion. I'd like to know how it went. <laughs> but they, ultimately, they lived together apart. Or part living together. apart together.
2: That's what they're calling it now, yeah. which I think is a really interesting apart idea. Together. The idea that we're staying together and we're making these choices and making a conscious choice for how we're going to engage when we come together. And the fact that women are leading the way is not surprising because women have to have had to become more independent because they've become caregivers as we live longer and all of us Live longer, and I hope that men start taking better care of themselves. That's what I want to say, too.
0: Well, I am sure taking care of myself, and I know that many of my friends do. A little more stretching. I'd
2: like to get a little more flexible. Yeah, okay. okay. I'm flexible,
0: but I'm not flexible in the physical sense. And I think it's hereditary, whatever. But Uh, regardless of that, it is not really one way of life, people living apart together. I just don't know how one really start the conversation of well i like you but i can't live with you that is a really discussion that i really Cannot understand. I, I
2: think it often probably comes from a breakdown of some sorts of one person needing more more of something else or needing less yeah. of something else, and then really being able to be honest to communicate about it. Even with the with open relationships, it would be the same. It is really requiring a high level of bringing the our implicit, subdued and subconscious thoughts to a more conscious communication.
0: Yeah, but it's but it's a thing. It is something that people are experiencing and. Actually, Vicki Larson is becoming an expert in living apart together. So it is a thing. When two people get married, it is till death do us apart, and it is to take care of each other. And it's part of the deal. I mean, when somebody gets engaged and they're consequently married. It is part of the deal.
2: It's part of the deal as long as the deal works.
0: As well, As long as the deal works.
2: There are a lot of people we've spoken to on this podcast and friends that that does not work for and we've been very fortunate that our marriage does. Yeah. So let's just count our blessings, count the blessings for people who are figuring out their way as well and just celebrating them. We all celebrate all styles. There's no right or wrong.
0: Yeah, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you on our website, www.theopenvestors.com Dot com that double N in the middle and S at the end and we would love to hear from you if you have a comment or you know of someone or you yourself have a story to share that be- may become a value to others please let us know and we would like to talk to you and perhaps have you as a guest on our show
2: and we'd love to hear from you in our closed Facebook group where we have a private discussion about these these matters and you could bring them up and talk about how you feel and have a conversation there. So just go to The Open Nesters, and we can let you into the group and we are on all the social media platforms and we hope that you'll share us with your friends.
0: Yeah, please do. Until next time, I'm Amir.
2: And I'm Tessa.
0: We'll see you on the radio.
2: Ciao.